0: have tried a lot of things that didn't really seem to work out that you were pursuing, that you even thought it was God. Can I see your hands? And how many of you are like me, especially in the beginning, but every once in a while I have to be really careful that I am pursuing what God has instead of having God pursue what I think He should be doing? Can I see the hands of all those people? Because sometimes we can get a little confused in the process, and uh, God doesn't need any help being God. So well, let's start it off. Just turn to your neighbor and just tell him God doesn't need any help being God. Let's, let's make our confession right now. The Word of God, word of God. is truth. Is if I live, word, I live the Word, I will be blessed. Will be blessed. And if I don't, I, don't. I, won't. I won't. It's just that simple. So tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. You can be seated. We want to continue to pray for uh jessica who's uh, uh i guess bed rest uh, is is what she is on and uh, uh she's going to deliver that baby at the right time in the right place and we thank god for her we'll pray for her we want to pray for hannah and david uh, uh david albright's and uh, kelson and hannah they're david albright's mom and home to be with the lord continue to lift up chris um buck miller this will be her first christmas with uh out mike on this earth but mike will be celebrating christmas with jesus and then uh, some of you might know uh, sue livesey um but uh joe is the uh, her former husband led me to the lord and she's transitioning into heaven any minute and uh, she's ready to go i was with her yesterday and she said how do you it was so cute she knows the lord she knows she's going and she said how do you get released how do you go and 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 we were praying for her and she said i i i (laughs) we're talking about her children And I said, You know, they're okay. She said, I know my kids are okay. I know my family's okay. How do you get out of here? I want to get up there with Jesus. I said, Sue, I don't have the, I, I don't know, but when you get there, ask Jesus. And by the way, put in a good word for me when you get there, too. So let's pray. Father, we pray for all of these, we pray for Jessica. Thank you, Lord, that that baby that she is carrying, that, Lord, is going to be delivered perfect, healthy at the right time. Thank you for great wisdom for Jessica. Thank you that she will know exactly what needs to be done. And we just thank you for that. Thank you for Brenda and Greg right alongside her and her husband, John. We do lift up hannah and david and and kelson and uh, what a glorious moment the grandma had when she opened her eyes and saw jesus what a glorious moment when mike Buckmiller opened his eyes saw jesus we pray for peace for chris during this holiday season during the christmas season and we just thank you that she'll be at total peace total rest we thank you for sue livesey she she's ready to come Your timing is perfect. We know that. So we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said? We'll have a great time here uh, tomorrow night, our candlelight service. If you have your Bible, you can look in the book of Luke, chapter uh, 1. We're going to be reading verse 37 there. And um, it's, uh, you know the Christmas story, but basically what we're going to be talking about tonight is that nothing is ever, 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 ever impossible with God. Tell your neighbor, nothing is ever, ever, ever impossible with God. Did you tell you didn't tell your neighbor tell your neighbor that right now nothing is ever 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 impossible with God and so therefore if we really believe that that there's nothing that God can't do then all we need to do is find out what he wants us to do. And you know the story in luke chapter one verse thirty seven when the angel of the Lord appeared to uh, uh to Mary and, and said that you are a highly favored and that you're so highly favored and i'm paraphrasing all of this that you're going you're going to be given the 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 Son of God to carry and she said, "Well, how can I do this i, I I've, I've not known anyone she's betrothed to joseph and and she couldn't wrap her mind around what was being told her i i You know, we can all relate to that because God has things for all of us to do that we can't figure it out. How many of you would say... in in all honesty, there are things that you may not know it's God, but that you're hearing that you have no idea how you can do it, but you know what you're hearing. Can I see your hands? In other words, you, you can't figure it out. Now, if we stay in the, I have to figure it out, I have to understand it, then we'll only do what we have the limited resource to do with our mind, with our understanding. But if we're going to do what God has us to do, then we come out of our comfort zone and we begin to think, if God is in this and if this is what God is calling me to do, then I know that I can do the impossible because nothing is impossible with God. So let's all say Nothing nothing is impossible with God. So I don't know how all this worked with Mary. I can only imagine what it must have been like. Think about The time frame that she lived in to be pregnant out of wedlock would be a death sentence. You could be stoned. But she said, "Okay, God, to the angel, I don't understand how this will work, but be it done to me according to your will. She accepted the assignment. That was only part of the story. I believe all of us can relate to something not this magnitude in our own lives where God has spoken something to us and he's wanting us to accept the assignment. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's an assignment for you. And that if we accept the assignment to get on God's side and God's team to do whatever he wants, then God takes all of the responsibility to give us everything that we need so that we can accomplish that. And Mary accepted that assignment. I love to read motivational books, and years ago I read this book by, it was famous quotes by Abraham Lincoln, and it was during the course of the Civil War, a tremendous tragedy in our nation with the death total, but but the stand that Lincoln took to free the slaves and the Emancipation Proclamation, one of the greatest presidents, if not the greatest one, along with George Washington we've ever had. And, and and someone had asked him during the height of the war when there were so many people that were being killed. And it said, do you think that God is on the side of the north? And Abraham Lincoln, with all of the wisdom that he had continually seeking God, he said, that is not the greater question. The greater question is, are we on God's side? And I believe that that's true for all of us. Are we on God's side, and are we doing what God has called us to do, or are we trying to get God to do what we want him to do? Now, I can say to you honestly, and you've heard me say this over the years, when I first got saved... I thought God was going to be blessed by having me on his team, and I had a list for God to do for me. Now, I know that sounds probably kind of silly today to say that, but that is exactly how I heard, how I felt. I got a hold of a couple of scriptures. I believe all of us can do that. Don't ever not operate in the scriptures, but you can't take the scripture and tell God what you want. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's not looking for you to tell him what you want. <laughs> God is looking for us to fulfill his will for our plan. And I took John 14:14 14, 14 as a self-serving scripture. I didn't realize it at the time. John 14:14 14, 14 says if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I could wrap my mind around that. Anything I want done, God's going to do, I want. And you all have heard this over the years. I want the Lincoln Continental. I want to be totally out of debt. I, I, I had my list, my my little, like little Molly, our granddaughter. I had my little Santa Claus list. You know, here it is, God. Here's what I want you to do for me. Well, the debt never went away for a long time. The Lincoln Continental never came. And I finally found out that I was in pride I was self-seeking. I was trying to get God to perform for me instead of me doing what God said for me to do. Does that make sense to all of you? Turn to your neighbor and tell them that, that, makes that makes sense. So far, so good. Now, right here in verse number 37, this is what Mary said. Uh, excuse me, this is what is written by the uh, angel. For with God, nothing will be impossible how much is impossible how much is impossible Nothing. nothing is impossible with god so therefore if nothing is impossible with god what is the most important thing in our life that we should always be seeking god what is it that you want me to know? What is it that you want me to do? And once I know that, then I know that it's not, it's not impossible with you, so you're going to take care of everything for me. And I know that in my life over the years, especially in the early years out in Tulsa when I, I didn't know much. And there's still a lot I don't know. But but, but is that right, Bill? But, uh, Bill, tell them about the book that you said you were going to write. We, 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 we were with Bill the other day, and I, was, I, I just love it. Love it. Uh, we were talking about what do you like about yourself? And uh, there's a group of us together, and we're all sharing and all. I said, it's not pride, it's not arrogance, but you have to be careful you don't become prideful and don't become arrogant. But, you know, all of us have things we want to improve on. Well, you don't want to constantly look at your faults. You want to look at what has God given you, your personality, your character, and all. We're talking about that. And then Bill said, well, I'm working on a book. What was the book, Bill? Seven Steps to Humility and How I Achieved It. (laughs) I love it. Give Bill a hand. He's always got a one-liner. Sue's always telling me. Sue's always telling me don't don't encourage Bill. He just keeps right on going. And uh, but but so what we do is we get this revelation, and I I pray this will sink in. Let's all say with God, God, nothing nothing is impossible. How many of you believe that that there is nothing impossible for God? So therefore. Once we know what God has to say about the situation, then everything is settled, and all we have to do is whatever he says. And that's what Mary did. Now, look at it from another perspective. Look at it from the perspective of Joseph, because there are things that God's going to ask us to do that are going to be way beyond where we are. And here's Mary she is in, engaged to Joseph. We'll put it in modern-day terminology. She's engaged to Joseph, and Joseph is so excited, so excited about his wedding night. And she says, hey, by the way, Joe, I, I, I need to tell you something. The angel uh, uh, spoke to me the other day, came to me, and uh, I'm pregnant with child. We're going to have a baby. Now, and I think for just a moment, Joe's got to wrap his mind around this right now. It's easy for us to read because we know the rest of the story. He didn't know the rest of the story. He's thinking, you're pregnant. I know we haven't been together. And how did this happen? And how did this work? How many of you realize that was probably a little bit much for Joe to, uh, uh, to, to wrap his mind around? And, and then... When you start to do something and you believe that that nothing is impossible with God and you move out, then sure enough, the road gets a little rocky. We can only fill in the void that we have in the Scripture in this particular arena, but they had to tell other people this story. Other people had to either buy in it or reject it. I can't imagine everybody accepting this story at face value. I would imagine there was some turbulence. So Joseph has this situation that he's dealing with, trying to fulfill the will of God. He then makes a trip to Bethlehem, where he feels that the Lord wants them to go. And on the way to Bethlehem, they don't have good transportation. They've, they, they, they're, they're going in a very difficult situation situation. They arrive at the end and when they get to the end, there's no reservation for them. They end up back there with the animals. How many of you realize you could start to get a little discouraged and say, you know what? I think I miss God. Uh, How many of you have ever done things that you thought God was in only to find out that you start to get discouraged because a lot of your needs don't appear to be met? Can I see your hands in that arena? That doesn't mean that you miss God. That means that you are trying to figure it out based on finances, based on comfort, based on situations, the door to the end closed. Nope, there's no room in the end. Well, let's see. Maybe we missed God. No, maybe you didn't miss God. Maybe God wanted the door closed for a season. Maybe God wanted it to happen that way. Maybe prophetically that was the way it was supposed to work out. I remember when when Pam and I went to Tulsa and all I had was the word of the Lord that that I want you to go to Tulsa, and you'll find the meaning for your life. I went to Tulsa to find the meaning for my life, thinking that the debt load would be taken care of, thinking that all the past would go away, thinking that everything would be okay. I went to Tulsa and found out the debt load came with me, all the past came with me, and everything was the same in Tulsa as it was in Lafayette, Indiana. And there were a lot of times I would sit there thinking, I've made a mistake. This isn't working well. Things are not working the way I thought they would. I thought the windows of heaven would open. I read that somewhere in the Bible. I didn't know it that well at the time in, my, in the book of Malachi, but I thought the windows of heaven opened. It didn't look like the windows of heaven opened. It looked like they closed. It looked like everything was going downhill and gaining momentum, like that proverbial snowball. It wasn't that I was out of the will of God. I was trying to figure out how God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Now, with God nothing is impossible tell your neighbor with god nothing is impossible and i say that because some of you today are going through situations and circumstances that it it doesn't look like it lines up you can hear us brad dan anybody that's up here sharing and say god will supply all of your needs And how many of you have ever gone home and found your checkbook empty and the needs didn't seem like they were met? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And you say, well, if God's going to supply all my needs, where is it? It isn't that he's not supplying them, but he's watching us and making sure that we're going to do what he's called us to do. And I've been there before when I I take a scripture and and I'll stand on that scripture and then it doesn't look like it's working. It is working because God will do the impossible. God will never, ever leave us without the ability to accomplish what he's called us to do because God is responsible for what he's called you to do. Now, what we have to do, is to wrap our mind around what God said. Verse number 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So the key is, just as Abraham Lincoln said, are we with God or are we trying to get God to be with us? And I can't tell you how many years... I don't even remember when I got the revelation, but it was like I, for years, have been trying to get God to do what I thought God should do, only to find out God was not interested in that at all. He was interested in me Finding out what he wanted me to do so that we could pursue what he had for us. Does that make sense to all of you? In other words, with God, am I on God's team? Do I know what God said? And sometimes when people are going through things, um, I, I love to ask them, which is important. The most important thing to me and to them, too, is what has God told you? What has God told you? And many times people say, Well, I don't know. Okay, then that's when you need to determine why do you not know what God told you. Either you know what He told you currently, or what is the last thing He told you. You with me so far? Raise your hand if you're all with me. Okay. In other words, you go back to, what, I don't know what God said today. Well, then what is the last thing God told you to do? Well, God told me, it, did, it, did it? are you doing it? And many times you'll hear, no, I'm not. This happened to me recently. I was going through a situation. I was praying about it, and, and, and I kept feeling like I'm not sure what God said. And I heard, I've already told you. And I went back in my prayer journal, and I found it what he told me and also found out that i hadn't done what he had told me now how many of you are like my wife she is so loving and so caring and she wants to do things for everybody and she will circle go many times for the grandkids or anything and she'll just can i see your hands okay all right how many of you are more like God and if you're not going to do it my way you're not going to have anything from me (laughs) can I see your hand God, God does not does not say it's multiple choice if you want to do it your way it's okay that's all right. I'd rather you do it this way no that's not how God operates God operates like if you don't want to do what I've called you to do that's okay but you're not going to have what I want you to have because I know exactly how it's supposed to be done for with God nothing is impossible. We are living in a world today that is full of self-seeking people. Now because we don't do it the way God wants it to do does not mean God turns on us. So turn turns on us. So turn to your neighbor and say God's not going to turn on us. (laughs) god loves us but because god is a loving caring benevolent father he's not going to bless us the way he wants to bless us unless we do what he said to do the way he said to do it does that make sense to all of you i'll tell you a little story about my wife we have this beautiful little dog. I just love our little dog, a little Yorkie-poo. And, uh, and and so we, I bought a new dish for the Yorkie, uh, the little dog, and uh, it's, it's raised about four inches. And she drinks the water out of the raised dish, but she won't eat the food out of the raised dish. She doesn't like it. My wife says it scares her. I said, well, she'll get over it because we're not going to have a fearful dog. And But my wife picks it up out of the, out of the uh, thing, and she, I hope she didn't come in here tonight, and, and she sets it down on the floor for the dog and the dog eats it so i'll come home and she'll say uh if i'm feeding the dog she'll come home she'll say will say uh the dish is is not on the floor and the dog won't eat it and i said she'll eat it when she gets hungry enough and uh, and uh, she gives me that kind of look not the dog my wife gives me that kind of look like put that thing on the floor and i said no i'm not going to give it to her so, well i finally figured out that if I take a little bread crumb and put on top of that food, she'll eat it out of the dish. So the other day Pam came home and the dog had eaten it out of the dish and I said, I've broken the dog of the fear. And what Pam doesn't know is I put some tasty little sugary f- treats on top of it and she finally ate it. But God wants us just to do what he wants us to do. And if we do that, then it will position us where he wants us to be so that all the blessings are are ours. And And I can recall, Being out there in Tulsa and scratching my head and thinking, God, did I really do what I should have done? Out of gas, don't have enough money to put gas in a car. Some guy comes by and said, God spoke to me and gave me $20. I never thought a $20 bill was the windows of heaven opening. Any of you have been there? It's like I thank God for the $20 bill, but I never thought that was the windows of heaven, what I was expecting. But it did put the gas in my car to get me through in that particular era of my time that blessed me because with God, how much is impossible? Let's all say it like we mean it. With God, nothing is impossible. (laughs) So, therefore, we know what God is saying to do. We get to the point when we know exactly what he says, and we begin to trust him in everything. Now, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is what it says. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all of your ways, and lean not to our own understanding. Now, with Joseph... Here's, here's what happened. He, he couldn't get into the inn. Uh, he, he's, he's in a situation with animals and a baby being born in an unsavory condition uh, beyond his compre- comprehension. And then on top of all of that, on top of all of that, there's a death warrant on his son. Because they they the the they know that they want to kill the, the, the son of god and so all of this is happening to joseph yet he stays true to mary And to what the Word of God said. If you stay true to what the Word of God says, then you'll always have what God wants you to have. Now, why does God work it out this way? Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, because it's another scripture about the birth of Christ, but even so, it's also a scripture about what God's will has always been for mankind. In the world today we see the world going the wrong direction. That shouldn't be a surprise because that's exactly what is talked about in 2nd Timothy, 1st Timothy, in in you look at Matthew chapter 23, 24, 25, you see the direction the world is heading that was given to us prophetically. Yet God said, I'm sending a light into the darkness to dispel the darkness in the world. And this is what Matthew chapter 1 says, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, what does that mean, God with us? In the very beginning, in the garden, God wanted to fellowship with man. That's why he created man out of the dust of the earth and with his breath when he blew in his spirit, that he created man for fellowship. You and I were created by God so that we could fellowship with God and that God wants to be with us. That's why when the devil came in and brought sin into mankind, he separated God from what was God's heart. Do you know God's heart is to be with you? constantly. That's why when he sent the Holy Spirit and he brought us to Jesus, said the Holy Spirit would dwell within us and that he would always be there and that we would glorify him in our body that is not ours, it's his. So therefore, God has always wanted to be with us. If if you're married, you want to be around your mate. You want to know what your mate thinks. Your mate wants to, you may want to know what you think. If you have children, if you have family, if you're not married, you have friends, you you like the fellowship together. God is the original fellowship developer. He wants to be with us continually. And so what happens then is he loves us because he created all of mankind. The reason God doesn't destroy mankind is because he created mankind. He loves mankind. He hates the sin. But he loves people. That's why I believe he has heaven for all of us to live eternally, but he has hell never created for people, created for the devil and powers and principalities. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. But if we get a a, a revelation of this, then we realize that everything that we do is based on what does God want and are we on God's team and are we seeking what God has for us? Now, if you look at a couple of scriptures here. I think it will draw this closer to you. I just gave you 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Where does the fellowship of God live right now through the Holy Spirit? It's in each and every one of us. I want to stop there just for a moment because some of you have been around this church for a long time. Some of you have been in churches for a long time. Some of you haven't. But when Mary... Realized that she was going to carry the Son of God in her womb, she had to accept that by faith that this is what God will do because I have no concept. There's, this has never been done before. Right now, where does God Himself through His Holy Spirit live? He lives in you. Just, just tap yourself right here in the belly and say, God lives within me. That's why you feel so bad When you do something that you know you shouldn't do. And the longer you walk with the Lord, the worse you'll feel about yourself. That is a good thing, not a bad thing. That is a good thing. Because without that conviction inside and without feeling bad about yourself, you'll continue to do what you do. There are a lot of people in the world today, they're continuing doing what they're doing because they have ignored that for so long. Their conscience has become seared and they just continue doing what they're doing. They continue to do the things that the world is telling them it's okay to do. We know it's not okay to do because we know in our spirit it's the wrong thing to do. And what happens then is you take yourself off of the with God, team, and it's going to be my way. I'm going to do it my way. And then you start to pull away into the demonic world. There is a world out there that is demonic, that is ruled by the devil himself, drugs, marijuana, all that kind of stuff. Anybody that thinks that, that marijuana should be legalized so that they can mesmerize people's mind and give them an easy pathway into hardcore drugs is not studying the word of god not being led by the holy spirit i'm not talking about medicinal experiments that are going on i'm talking about legalization of stuff that will entrap young people you've got to have that conscience inside you through the holy spirit so that you know am i doing what god has called me to do or what i want to do Now, there's a fine line here between trying to pursue what God wants you to do and crossing over and getting into the world, into self-rule. And when we open the door to the devil, he comes in like that proverbial roaring lion. Now, these are the two scriptures that we need to really concentrate on and look at. In John chapter 15, it's such a powerful scripture and it's talking about letting God rule that with God, everything is possible. Nothing is impossible. John chapter 15, verse seven says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I want to read that again. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. That sounds almost a little contradictory to what I have been saying, that that it's not based on what our desire is. It's based on God's plan, that with God, what is it you want, God? What is it you want? This Scripture is talking about we become so immersed. Abide means to coil about and to become as one. We become so abiding in the vine of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in us that everything we desire is what God desires. Does that does that make sense to you so far? In other words, I, I, we are so in one with the Spirit of God that my desire and His desire are the same. I know what God desires for me to do. You know what God desires for you to do. In almost every situation that you face, you know what God desires you to do because you have the Holy Spirit. If you're here and born again, you have the Holy Spirit operating in your life. You know. Turn to your neighbor and say, You know what to do. You know what to do. Can I see the hands of all the people who we'll would just take a little experiment? You have known what to do and you've done the opposite even after you had the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I see all your hands? Okay, now that's all right. My hand's raised too. But what we eventually do is we get to the point when I don't want to live that way. I don't want to do those things because I feel bad about myself. Sin has pleasure for a moment, but after the moment, there's guilt, there's condemnation, there's conviction. They're all coming at once, and we feel horrible about ourselves. And the problem is because we have opened the door through a self-will to let that happen. But it says that my father's glorified that you bear much fruit. In other words, when we become one with Jesus, we're not thinking about ourselves anymore we're thinking, God, I know what you want me to do. You want me to do this. You want me to give this. You want me to go there. You want me to live this kind of love. You don't want me to drink. You don't want me to smoke. You don't want me to chew. You don't want me to do those things. You know, you get to those points and you might be here tonight and you might think, well, wait a minute, I'm still smoking. You mean God doesn't like me? No, God loves you. God loves you whatever you do. But you will be fulfilled in your walk with the Lord as you yield to the things that you know God's called you to do. How many of you got some things in your life right now you know God's telling you stop doing them but you're still doing them can I see your hand or start doing them and you still haven't started to do them God will love you in the midst of you never changing a thing in your life but he won't be able to bless you I'm not going to feed my dog unless my dog eats out of the right pan, okay? Well, I don't want my dog to be fearful. Now, I know that sounds silly to you. It sounds silly to my wife, but it's not silly to me. I don't want a fearful dog. I want a, an attack dog, my little Yorkie being an attack dog. Yeah, but, but you get to the point when you think, I'm not going to ignore the little things that I think are little that God's showing me. I'm going to do what God has called me to do in all of the things. And then, therefore, it's it's you... Being with God. See, the the first part of that is so important. With God. Everybody say with God. God. One more time. One more time. You're either with God and all the blessings are going to come and eventually overtake you, or you're not with God. And if you're not with God, you're doing it your way. You are not standing there saying to God, I don't care what you think, I'm not going to do that. You're not doing it like that, but you are doing it if you're not doing what God has shown you to do. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Now, let me show you and kind of drive the point home here. I want us to turn over to the book of uh, of uh, James chapter 3 and to show you how serious this can become. In uh, James chapter, um, chapter 3, we're going to be reading there in just a moment. In... Uh, in, in John chapter fifteen, seven and 8, it says, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you, ask what you will, and it shall be done. Talking about becoming one with God. Jesus said, when talking about how we should pray, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, he said that uh, that we pray, uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then one other scripture, before we go where I just showed you, in 1 John chapter 5, it says... It's verse 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to whose will? His will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So therefore, it comes down to nothing is impossible with him. So then, what is it he's called me to do? What does he want me to do? Therefore, whatever I ask of him, based on what he has shown me to do, I'm going to have everything I have need of. When we open our natural eyes and look around, our preconceived thoughts may not be able to wrap around it in the mind, but in our spirit, we know we're doing the right thing. I believe, back to Joseph, when Joseph arrived in the inn, he apparently thought there would be a room, or hoped there would be a room, because he asked for a room, but there was no room. I think that could qualify as a disappointment. Well, where am I going to put my wife with child? We have no place for you. Other than I could see where he could think, gosh, that does not sound like provision to me. $20 in my gas tank, and that's all I have, doesn't sound like a lot of provision. Somebody giving us a pan of lasagna one time when we were out of food in Tulsa, that does not sound like the provision I had envisioned when the windows of heaven opened. But that was God, I believe, saying, here's some lasagna. If you'll be thankful for the lasagna, I got some more steak for you. I got something else for you. But all of the things that God does and provides, I believe he's watching us to determine, are we going to go on with him? Or are we going to take control ourselves? And I know some of you have heard this story many times But it's so real to me and such a faith builder. I was halfway through Bible school in Tulsa. We were struggling. And, you know, how many of you realize that when you struggle financially, all sorts of things can go on. Every once in a while, I'd snap at Pam or, you know, whatever. And just, you know, you just get, what's that old proverbial, beside yourself or whatever. And, you kick the dog or kick the cat or whatever. Don't kick Pam because she's tough. (laughs) But but you know what? You, You all know what I'm talking about, don't you? And, uh, and and i remember thinking okay i've got i have to do something now i was doing what i thought god called me to do and we weren't drowning I felt like we were drowning, but we were sure treading water constantly and bobbing up and down. But that's when I, when I, I, I quit Bible school and went to McDonald's. And I entered into self-rule. God, I don't think you're doing this fast enough. I'm going to go to work at McDonald's for a while. Oh, gee, I went from the fire or the frying pan into the fire or whatever that term is. It, it was It was horrible. It was horrible. And then finally God spoke to me and said, you're missing my plan. That's not what I called you to do. I had gotten in control to help God fulfill his plan. Tell your neighbor, God does not need your help. Now tell him he needs your obedience. And so finally, I went back to i went back and, and really truly, all hell broke loose in our marriage in everything that was going on. It was horrible working at mcdonald's and it was all because I opened the door to the enemy and then when I went back to uh, to uh, The the Bible school, and I thought, well, everything will be okay right now. I went back to Bible school, nothing changed. It was still horrible. We still had no money. We still had nothing. We still, provisions weren't there. So, what I thought would be, okay, I've arrived, God, I'm back on your plan. Now the windows will open. Nothing seemed to open at all, but yet I knew in my spirit I was doing the right thing. Tell your neighbor, you know the right thing. Tell your neighbor, you know the right thing you know the right thing to do and you have to persevere in the midst of it and sometimes you have to suffer word of god says in first peter that sometimes after we suffered a while well matter of fact i want to read that scripture to you we are going to james by the way but in first peter it's such a powerful scripture i remember the first time i ever read that and i thought oh my goodness i didn't realize suffering was in there It's talked about about resisting the devil and the things that he's trying to get you to do, that he walks about as a roaring lion. But then in verse 9 of chapter 5, it says... "'Resist him steadfast in the faith, "'knowing that the same sufferings are experienced "'by your uh, brotherhood in the world. "'But may the God of all grace, "'who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, "'after you have suffered a while, "'perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. "'I thought all suffering was from the devil.'" And that it was just his way of tormenting. I really did. And when I read that, I remember years ago reading that and thinking, Wow, there is suffering involved to press through and persevere to be what God's called us to be. And that after we have been willing to suffer and move through, then he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle us. This is a word for some of you today. Now, Over in the book of James, this is what happens if we get this thing confused, and we start to get into self, and we start to say, well, yeah, I know what God wants me to do, but that's the first step down the slippery slope. I know what God says, but you got a problem right there. And in verse number 16 of James chapter 3, this is what it says. For where envy and self-seeking exist. Now, anything that is involved with you seeking something of yourself that you know God is not showing you to do or you're trying to take control, that's self-seeking. There will be confusion and every evil thing. What will they be when we enter into self-seeking? Confusion and every evil thing. Think of that just for a moment. The door opens because we allow it to open, and confusion and every evil thing are there. How do we open the door? by being self-seeking, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. Did God tell you to do that? No, but I'm going to do it anyway. Then you will have in your life eventually, if you continue, confusion and every evil work. Think about that. Every evil work And confusion because we enter into doing it our way instead of with God. Because with God, nothing is impossible. But without God, we open the door to the devil to come in. And within the last probably five or ten years, probably ten years now, we have done some things that... God has shown us that are so far beyond us that we would fail if it were not for God. But I watch God at the la- at what I would define the last moment. How many of you realize God doesn't have a last moment? But we sometimes have an eleventh hour. I heard Billy Joe minister one time on the eleventh hour and said God doesn't have a clock, so there is no eleventh hour. That what we do. Is we put a time frame on it, and and when we had, and I know some of you've heard this story before, but but this may not relate to you per se, but you have something like this going on in your life. I know that. We held the we held the golf tournament for the first time for the for the uh, Sudan. And we made a commitment. Since then, the commitments have been much, much higher. But, but, but at that particular time, it was a $12,000 commitment. And uh, that was a lot of money for us at that time. We are going through a very narrow spot in the ministry. I thought I heard God say, uh, uh, build the first dorm over there, $12,000. And the night of the golf tournament, we had $11,000. Now, I have written down in my prayer journal, God gave me instructions on what to do for the golf tournament he gave me instructions all of this is born out of the spirit uh, how to do it uh, we, we, we 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 did what we thought God showed us to do and the night of the golf tournament again some of you've heard this we had $11,000 on, on a Friday night we had $11,000 that came in I was rejoicing I was happy it was fine with me $11,000 was close to $12,000 and that night in Walmart, a lady walked in with her grandson, and we started to talk, and, and she said, what's going on? And I said, oh, we got a golf tournament tomorrow, and she said, oh, my grandson plays golf. Can he come? Says, said, sure. Tell him to be there at 8 a.m., and so he showed up at 8 a.m. We didn't really talk about money, but I did share that we were raising funds for the orphanage in the Sudan, and, and he goes to get in his golf cart, and he gets out of the golf cart, and we got $11,000, and we're rejoicing. He walks over and says, oh, by the way, my grandma uh, sent an envelope, and hand." me an envelope open the envelope there's a thousand dollars in there the moment the golf tournament started at about two minutes till eight now we have twelve thousand dollars and this is what i heard in my spirit i said twelve thousand dollars i am well able. God is well able to perform His word. As a matter of fact, God will never not perform His word. What happens is we unplug from His word sometimes. I've done that. I'm preaching from experience. We have unplugged from what God said to do, and we decided to do it our way, and all of a sudden we come to the realization, you know what? I've got a problem, and the problem is me. The problem is not the devil. The devil will never be your problem unless you open the door to the devil. But if you don't open the door, you will always have God fulfilling his plan and his purpose for your life. Can you say amen to that? Let's all stand to our feet. I believe, I believe that as we enter into 2016, I I believe the world is going to continue free fall into darkness i believe that i believe we're going to see horrible tragedies around the world but i also believe the light of jesus is going to be there on the people that will fulfill god's plan and god's purpose for their life god is not finished with the church god is not finished with america but i do believe that god is calling people to attention You know, in the military, you have at ease, you have rest and recuperation, you have a lot of things, especially after you've won great victories and they give people time off. I believe the body of Christ in America and in the world has won great victories over the years, tremendous victories, tremendous victories. But I believe that there's been a lethargic uh, spirit of just complacency, kind of being at rest. Everything is great, especially in America. Especially in America We live in in the greatest country On the face of the earth We have so much abundance We have so much wealth We have so many things right here But I believe that God is sending A clarion call A clarion call Wake up Sound the trumpet We need to go to war The devil is walking about As a roaring lion He's taking our youth Taking our schools taking our universities, infiltrated our government, and is active in almost every area in the world today. Totally, totally active in the United Nations. Totally, totally active in nations of the world. Yet the body of Christ knows that with God, all things are possible. We can take back what the enemy seems to have been advancing in that area. He walks about as a roaring lion, but he's not a roaring lion. We serve the lion, the tribe of Judah, and we have the victory, and that when we proclaim that victory and we walk in the fullness of the center of the will of God, we will see God's hand move. God is not finished with this earth. God is not finished with this country. God is not finished with his church, but we do have to wake up. And we have to sound the alarm. But I believe it starts with every single individual right where you are. What is God speaking to you? Would you bow your head with me just for a moment? I think all of you are part of this church. I don't think we have any visitors, but...